thing I just want to highlight is this word passive, mm-hmm. right? It's a it's an interesting word because it's everyone, a very sexy word right now. Everyone wants passive income. I remember, <laughs> I remember when we were in network marketing when we first started our careers in, yeah. in MLM. It was like passive income, mm-hmm. and then you, I quickly realized there was nothing passive about it. You had yeah. to grow, you had to build, you had to drive your team, mm-hmm. you had to show up, you had to recruit, you had to lead by like. There's not just because you're getting a check the next month yeah. doesn't mean you're going to get one 12 months from then <laughs> yeah. or 18 months from then with nothing true. doing no true, work, true. right? And so the other thing that will happen investments is people will make investments. And so I'm thinking a friend, a friend of mine right now was telling me about an investment. And number one, they, they make investments that are super risky. Mm-hmm. It's like, let me, let me buy this YouTube channel. Yeah. I'm like, guys, do you know how fast something in digital can completely change? Right. Like, like the algorithm changes on Google, an entire like landscape of affiliate marketers get wiped out. Right. Mm -hmm. This happened before Uh, an advertising update happens. An account gets shut down. Apple does an update. Apple does an update, a hardware (laughs) change. So like risk profile is so huge. So it's like, we see these sexy new things, but like, guys, if if you want to take money and it be passive and the risk be low. So I'm actually very conservative, right? I'm like, Mm -hmm take the risk in your business, right? Take the risk in your business, but on your investment, your passive investments, that's where I don't want risk. Welcome to Big Business Mistakes, hosted by Brandon and Kaylin Poulin. Here, the most successful entrepreneurs tell jaw-dropping stories and lessons behind their biggest business mistakes so that you don't make them. Ditch the fake highlight reel and get the raw truths and golden lessons of what it actually takes to scale your business from those who have done it. This is Big Business Mistakes. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Business Mistakes show. I'm your host, Brandon Poulin, with my beautiful pregnant Pregnant wife, pregnant wife, (laughs) Caleb Poulin, ultra pregnant wife. I'm not ultra pregnant yet. No, you're not. I'm like 10 weeks. I'm so excited. <laughs> and sick as a dog. I know. I'm like, can you make it today? She's like, no. she's like throwing up, wipes her mouth. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, if if, uh, if it cuts randomly and she has to run away, like that's what happens. Yeah. yeah, I just realized I don't have my baggie over here, but we'll see. Oh, we forgot the baggie. Yeah. Guys, we've got a great episode lined up today. Mm-hmm. We're talking about money. Money, money. How to keep it. Mm-hmm. how to multiply, multiply it, it and how to protect it, Ooh. right? That's what we're going to be talking about yeah. today. Guys, financial legacy is, um, it's a topic that I've be- become super, I- I've dove in more than- I would say obsessed. You've got, become obsessed. Yeah, I-, I would say obsessed mm-hmm. for sure. Well, so, so you start to make a lot of money and then you realize quickly, like you don't know anything about money. Yeah. Like making money- is a completely different skill set. Mm-hmm. It's a different game. Multiplying it. It's a totally different game. Completely different game. And it's wild how many entrepreneurs have no clue. Like I had no clue. Yeah. Like how much money should I keep in my business in cash? Mm-hmm. When should I take money out of my business? Mm-hmm. Money just sitting in a bank account. And then the big question is like, where do I put it? Yeah. Like, where do I put it? What do I invest in? Is this a good investment? Is that a good, should I do real estate? Should I put it in the stock market? Should I put it in crypto? Mm-hmm. Should like I put it in purses? Hard money lending, purses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
what's an asset, what's a liability. <laughs> we need to do an episode on that. Per, watches, watches can be assets. Purses, yeah. eh, not huh? so, not so much, not so much. But it, it's it's a complicated game. And you know what's interesting is after reading like ten books on this, right? It actually it educated me, but I still didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Right? It yeah. educated me, but I still still didn't know what to do. And so I actually ended up working with a family office, right? And so, you know, when you're worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. right? You would hire a family office. People are like, what's a family office, right? You would hire a family office, basically a chief investment officer um, and maybe a few other executives who would, all they do is invest your money mm-hmm. and multiply it and protect it, yeah. right? But if you're like most entrepreneurs and myself, that's not where you're at, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're, you're just starting to make money or maybe you've got a couple million dollars in net worth or maybe maybe now you've got a couple of hundred extra grand a year. Yeah, you're just making cash. What do you do with it, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's three kind of stages to this. And I'm excited about this, by the way, because we're actually doing an event, yeah, a virtual event, financial legacy, a wealth multiplication event, yeah. right? About multiplying your wealth. Yeah, because we didn't know what to do for so long. And then it's like, we see other entrepreneurs right now you start to talk to them about financial legacy and wealth. And they're like, oh, I had no idea. Like, I don't know what to do with it. I'm making it, but where does it go? What needs to happen? And we're looking at each other like, oh my gosh, I remember we did this for years and years and years and years. And how much did we miss out on and how much opportunity loss do we have, so right? Much. Like so much because we just didn't know. And so that's where like the heart of this event is, is like entrepreneurs are out there making money, but it's like, how do you multiply it? And how do you protect it to where it lasts generations? right? And not just for like your time being and it gets spent or it sits in a bank account and gets dusty, right? And doesn't work for you. So this event's like really important to us because it's all the things that we should have like should have done and we didn't. And we just lost a lot of opportunity by not knowing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And and you guys know, we we hardly ever promote anything. We just drive value here. Yeah. But this is one thing where I want to, I'm going to break down some frameworks and give you some hardcore t- tactical takeaway value today. But also I want you to know we're doing an event coming up September 14th. It's virtual. The ticket price, normally 3,000. We're going to discount it to 1,000. And guys, if you don't, I would be shocked if you don't save immediately 10 grand just in the keeping what you earn section, which is how to pay less in taxes legally. Legally. Right? Yeah. It's not tax evasion. It's just tax understanding and education. And like, like you will take that away. So the link will be in the uh, the notes. The link will be in the notes. We'll talk about it. And guys, so- Let's break down the bucket. So let's break down the bucket. So yeah. the first one is keeping what you earn, mm. right? Keeping what you earn. And so without a doubt, we've done a lot of episodes about earning, Yeah. right? Yeah. Like how to earn, yeah. sales, marketing, mm-hmm. fulfillment, mm-hmm. operations, execution, <laughs> team. Like we've talked about all these things. Which is usually the part that entrepreneurs are great at. Totally. And then it's like, okay, now what? Now what? And and I got tired of, I got tired, you know what it's really inspired this whole thing for, for our clients and portfolio companies to teach on this was I got tired of hearing guys that were like, I had a multi-million dollar company, made all this money, and then I lost it all. Yeah. And I'm just like, how do you lose it all? How do you lose it all? Mm-hmm. And you and I and I've story after story, I would meet these incredible guys, Scott, Richard. John, like I'm just thinking of the guys in my head that are in their 40s, 50s, have had incredible careers and success, but at like two or three points, they lost everything. Mm -hmm. 
and had no money to their name. And I'm like, how does that never happen to me? Yeah. How does that never happen to me? And so the first step is keeping more of what you earn, right? Taxes will 100% always be the largest mm -hmm. expense that you have. Yeah, because no matter, because it's linear. As you make more money, you will pay more in taxes, right? It's linear if you don't employ certain strategies, mm -hmm. right? And so this bucket's huge, guys. Like just to name a few of the things, right? There are, there are insurance policies that you can buy, not a captive insurance that's very complicated and expensive. There are other means to do that through insurance, right? buying excess insurance from a pool, a company pool that you own part of and earning investment on that pool. It's all very legitimate, right? Mm -hmm. That that play alone, if I would have done that three years sooner, would have saved me an extra $900,000. Had no idea, right? Yeah. And then there's other things that are, that are smaller, like an HSA, a health savings account, mm -hmm. right? I think you can put about seven grand a year in one and it grow tax-free right? So like, that's another little vehicle, right? Employing your children, <laughs> yeah. right? So you can employ your children and there's a tax benefit to it. Yeah. Like our children were always in all of my videos. So we put them in one video and now there's a tax benefit. There's a backdoor Roth strategy, right? How you can convert backdoor to a Roth IRA and have money grow tax-free, right? So there's all these little things that there's a lot of little things and there's some big things on the tax side. And listen, guys, if you, you're like, I, I probably like, if you're listening right now, you probably have a CPA, right? Mm -hmm. You probably have a CPA and really all he's probably doing for you is going, Hey, let's make sure we write everything off that you spend. Yeah. Right. Let's make sure we write everything off that you spend and let's follow your tax return. Yeah. That's what like all of our CPAs are doing. We went from CPA to CPA to CPA to CPA. Yeah. And there was two that I had. And before I realized that there's a big difference between tax preparation mm -hmm. and tax strategy. Yeah. And the thing that I hear all the time that like makes my ears bleed <laughs> is like, I'm making more profit. So let me go spend money to oh, reduce yeah. my taxes. And I'm like, you realize that it's a tax on what your, your profit is. That's what you're going to keep. And so if we never build wealth outside of the business, then we have nothing to multiply outside of the business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you see all these companies every year, like go spend so much in December just to be like, let me get the tax bill it's down. It's, and it's like, well, what if you were investing that money instead of just like <laughs> right. spending it all? You right. Know? And so if you knew all of the ways to keep more of what you earn legally, legally audited, mm -hmm. good to go. Like yeah. we're not talking about shady stuff. We're talking about the IRS tax code. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of opportunity if you are educated and you know the right people yeah. to massively, to completely change how much money you make. Because no matter what you make, you're going to set, you're going to spend, you know, 37, you're in that bracket, 37% plus whatever state you're in. Right. So like at one point I was paying like 43% or 42% yeah. in taxes. And it's like, could you imagine if you cut that down to 10%? Yeah. Right. That's called your effective rate. Mm -hmm. What percentage of your total taxable income. Yeah. And you just don't know what you don't know, right? You paying tax on, right? Right. So, so that's, that's a big bucket, mm -hmm. right? And so we think, oh, we just like write everything off and make sure we have it all there, which is true. You got to do that. Mm -hmm. But there's also. But that's 12, not the strategy. Writing things off is not a tax strategy. Like 
the write-off thing of like, oh, let's write off as much as we can. Let's do as much charitable giving at the end. Let's like buy the new fleet of cars. Let's like buy all the stuff at the end of the year. Like that's not tax strategy the way that you're talking about it right now. Right. And so there's like, like I'll just give you an example, right? So we have a houseboat, right? It's basically like a lake yacht, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. a lake pal, we just got back. Yeah, we just got back from amazing. a two week trip. Yeah. And we use that time to just connect with incredible people, friends, unplug, hang out with our family. And what we did was we just added a mastermind component, mm-hmm. right? And so we created it as a mastermind. It became a business write-off, mm-hmm. right? The whole thing became a business inviting people to the trip. And then we were able to then depreciate the asset against our taxes, the money that we paid to own the houseboat. And that gets depreciated, bonus depreciation, right? And I, I can't get too in the weeds here, guys, because it'll get like thick quick. I'm trying to stay like- <laughs> That's what the event's for. Yeah, that's what the event's for. <laughs> and and so we depreciate it. And so now we've got this massive tax benefit. We're able to write off all of the toys and all the stuff because people are paying mm-hmm. to go. We're hosting it. We turn it into a business, right? That's just an example of like, instead of just going on this family vacation, mm-hmm. we understood the tax code and the advantage there. And we got the same result, but we're just paying less money in taxes. So there's a benefit right? And so there's a lot of situations right now in your business opportunities for you to spend less money to keep more of what you earn, right? That's the first step, right? So that's, that's the tax side. And so if, if you've never heard, if you've never heard about a backdoor Roth hiring your children, if you've never heard about bonus depreciation, if you don't know what a qualified real estate professional is, a Q rep, right? Mm -hmm. The tax code it's heavily written and in favor of real estate. Mm-hmm. And so like, but how do you actually do that? Right? Like if you're not in real estate, like yeah. how do you, how do you take Especially advantage of Especially if you that? have a spouse that's like not in the business, that's like prime for having a Q rep. Exactly. You know? and, and guys, like most guys in real estate do not pay anything in taxes. Most yeah. of them, right? Like, like right now we're looking at a, a plane, a CJ2, mm-hmm. right? People go, oh my gosh, a jet, that's crazy and expensive. And I could never, guys, like, it's actually not that bad. Mm-hmm. Like- Break it down for them. Like you could spend a couple million dollars on a plane. And when I say spend, I mean finance, 75% of that, put money down, get a massive tax deduction for the business use of the plane. And then the plane can be leased or chartered mm-hmm. and make revenue. And it actually costs you- not a whole lot more than it would it'll cost you to fly first class. And like, that's probably a mind shift for most people going like, wait, I could fly private, right? And now there's different levels of this and, yeah. you know, there, there's still costs associated with- You get all that depreciation, with, right? Right, but, but basically the entire value of the plane is depreciated. Mm-hmm. And so I'm essentially not paying any, instead of paying the government and writing them a check, mm-hmm. I'm getting a check for an asset and then being able to benefit from it, right? And, th- and that one's like more, not straight savings or still cost to it, but but just stuff like that, that you just aren't exposed to, right? And so after spending four years creating wealth and then investing it and uh, learning this game from a family office that manages over 1.24, I think, billion dollars in wealth, I learned a lot, right? And so at that event, Jim, who is the founder of that family office is gonna be there speaking Another friend of ours, Scott Donnell, mm-hmm. incredible guy. He's going to be focusing on the legacy of your family yeah. and the actual tactical things you can do with your family so your kids don't just spoil it all, right? Yeah. Most wealth is lost by the third generation. 
Is it like it's seventy percent by the second generation? And then like ninety, and then yeah. ninety plus or something yeah. mm -hmm. by the by the third. So so th those are all things we're going to talk about. So that's the first bucket. The second bucket is multiplying what you keep. Yeah. Right. So we've we've filtered the money out. We've gotten through the tax part. Now what do we do? Right. How do we actually multiply? multiply it, yeah. Right. And so I can tell you right now, like anything, most mat most mass available products are trash. Right. Yeah. Like anything your bank is trying to sell you to invest in yeah. is garbage. We call that, that's retail investments. Mm -hmm. Like retail investments are bad. Yep. They are bad. 90, uh, we're, we're in that 90 plus percent where I don't remember the other digit, but I think it's like 94% of managed public securities accounts. So like stock brokers, mm -hmm. uh, not stock brokers, but, um, uh, but it's not, what, what's the word I'm looking for? So, so you give your money to a bank, they put it in a mutual fund, mm -hmm. right? 94 plus percent of these fund managers never beat the market. Yeah. So you're going to pay one to 2%, maybe 3% if you're insane and they're just raking you on your money that you invest with a bank in a mutual fund. And they're not even beating the market. So yeah. you're paying this fee for their like experience to trade your money for you in the market it's like and they're painful. not even beating it. It's like it's, painful. Every it, time I hear someone say this and I'm not like, I'm not the money person in our relationship, you are. And so I've just like learned a lot from being on the sidelines of like, you know, the discussions we'll have about where our money goes and what we're going to do with it and decisions that we make. But then it's like, even for me, when I hear people say that, like they're working with some of these, you know, box brand investment companies and I'm just like, oh, it hurts. It hurts me. Yeah. You know, because it's just like... Like Charles Schwab and Edward Jones yeah. do not have your best interests in mind. No. <laughs> There's not a single product that they offer that is good for you. No. There's not. Mm -hmm. Like there might... Let me, let me take that. Maybe there's one and a very small piece of your net worth. Yeah. But... And so... So this is where like understanding and mastering the game of money is really just about having access to the right deals. Yeah. Right? Having access to right deals knowing where to go. And so- And the right education, like knowing the right things, right. having the right lens when you're looking at investments and right. where your money's going. Yeah. And when, you, and when you look at, you know, multiplying money, there's a lot of factors, right? There's liquidity, like how available is it? Because if you invest all your money and, and you don't have any access to it and you get in a crunch, something happens to your business, mm -hmm. then what do you do, right? Yeah. The other thing too is that, um, you know, you've got liquidity, you've got their history, You've got like, what vehicle is it in? Is it in real estate? Is it bonds? Is it debt, right? Like it's an absolute, like it, it it's overwhelming mm -hmm. to be honest with you. But I can tell you that most retail financial products that you know of right now, like if you were to call up an investment firm, if you were to call <laughs> up a bank and say, invest my money are absolute trash. <laughs> and so it's like, well, what do you do, yeah. right? And so that's where you got to understand the game from the bottom up is like, cash, right? High yield savings accounts. Like if you have, if you have hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in a business right now that you're not using, it's bleeding money from inflation. Yes. And we've all, all of a sudden everyone knows what inflation is, but for decades we didn't because we had the lowest interest rates ever in the yeah. most incredible environment. It's but like slowly, it's like leaking money. Basically. So <laughs> like a hundred at 8% inflation and you have a hundred grand sitting somewhere and it's not doing anything. You just lost eight grand in a year, just sitting there. And we did that. It'd be like, you could have bought something with it. <laughs> we made that mistake. Totally. Totally made that mistake. And so the, the multiplication game is deal flow. It's liquidity, understanding that. It's it's vetting 
the operators of the investments. Yeah. Which you've right? become really good at. Like we're with the family office, like together now you guys do a lot of like vetting together. Like people bring us deals yeah. all the time and you guys sit down and you're like, okay, like what makes this work? What makes it not work? Yeah. Like what's that look like? Yeah. So like, I'm going to break down the entire investment criteria of how I look at stuff as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Right. And one thing I just want to highlight is this word passive, mm -hmm. right? It's a, it's an interesting word. Everyone, it's a very sexy word right now. Everyone wants passive income. I remember <laughs> I remember when we were in network marketing, when we first started our careers in, yeah. in MLM, it was like passive income. Mm -hmm. And then you, I quickly realized there was nothing passive about it. You had yeah. to grow, you had to build, you had to drive your team, mm -hmm. you had to show up, you had to recruit, you had to lead by like, there's not, just because you're getting a check the next month yeah. doesn't mean you're going to get one 12 months from then <laughs> yeah. or 18 months from then with nothing, true. doing no true, work, true. right? And so the other thing that will happen investments is people will make investments. And so I'm thinking a friend, a friend of mine right now was telling me about an investment. And number one, they, they make investments that are super risky. Mm -hmm. It's like, let me, let me buy this YouTube channel. Yeah. I'm like, guys, do you know how fast something in digital can completely change? Right? Like, like it, the algorithm changes on Google, an entire like landscape of affiliate marketers get wiped out. Right. Mm -hmm. This happened before. Yep. Uh, an advertising update happens. An account gets shut down. Apple so, does an update. <laughs> Apple does an update. A hardware change. So like risk profile is so huge. So it's like, we see these sexy new things, but like, guys, if, if you want to take money and it be passive and the risk be low. So I'm actually very conservative, right? I'm like, take the risk in your business, right? Take the risk in your business, but on your investment, your passive investments, that's where I don't want risk. Like mm -hmm. I want low risk. I want 10 to 20% returns with low risk, with great cash flow. And there's a lot of things that fit that criteria that I've come to find, right? And so like, for example, like investing half of your investable cash outside of your business into crypto is insane. Yeah, It's insane. Like I was on a call with a guy who's like all deep into it. I know he's made millions of dollars and he's like, I have everything in crypto. And I'm like, you're insane. Yeah. I told him, I was like, you're literally insane, bro. I hope it works out for you. That was about two years ago. <laughs> no, it was about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Like, I don't even, like, I'm terrified to, to ask him what happened. Like, I don't, yeah, I'm not going shouldn't. to. No. Like, I'm not going to. And so. And it's okay to have, like, we have a risk bucket, you know, and we're diversified and it's okay to have some in risky things. Like, We'll, we'll make a decision together of like, okay, like this one's a little more risky, like looking at this one, but it could yield a lot. So here's our risk bucket and how much we have allotted per year of like what we're going to do that's risky that could pay off. But also we count it as a, a loss. Like I, had going 2%, in. I had 2% in crypto. Yeah, there you go. I had 2%. And then when I felt like, man, I've got some serious gains here, I sold it all and I got lucky. Like it was lucky. Yeah, right. But right. then I also lost some money in some NFT stuff, but it was like half a percent. Yeah. Right. It was mm -hmm. half a percent of my money in that. Because yeah, you don't I'm put like, the whole farm in it. I'm like, guys, you know, you so, put like a couple eggs. So the last <laughs> thing in the world that you want to do in multiplying your money is follow hype. Yeah. The last thing in the freaking planet. Because you follow hype, like <laughs> people hype and they pump and dump is what happened in that world. Yeah. Right. And so going back to the YouTube channel, like that might be awesome, but like that's, there's no, like YouTube could change an algorithm, change the way the search engine works. Something could change in the industry. And and poof, mm -hmm. there it goes. Like all the promises and all the money you've invested. And so I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying like understand the risk profile, right? Yeah. 
And so let it be 5% of the portfolio yeah, and this or 2%. Is, and this is something relevant to right now. And I've been having a lot of conversations with friends that are a lot smarter than me in this area, mm -hmm. right? And at the end of the day, it boils down to this environment that we're in now where interest rates are high. We've printed like 70% of the, the cash in circulation right now. Mm -hmm. The money in circulation has been printed in like the last decade because of COVID, because of all these stimulus packages. Mm -hmm. We're in this really interesting environment. Some friends that I have think a crash is coming in 24, 25. Some think we're at the bottom of it now when we have a soft landing. But here's, here's what I know at the end of the day, right? And, and then you got people talking about, about, people talking about the dollar, mm -hmm. right? As the reserve currency, right? And, and this is like a whole rabbit hole, but, but hear me out. As long as your money is in assets, so what's an asset? Something that has tangible value, a piece of real estate, mm -hmm. gold, silver, that's an asset. Hey, a watch is an asset, right? A business is an asset if it's cash flowing, mm -hmm. right? Debt against backed up with an asset, right? You're lending money against an asset that somebody else has, right? These are all assets. And so no matter what the dollar does or inflation does or the economy does, if you're in the right assets, if you're taking your cash and you're putting them in the right assets, right? You're fine. You're going to be fine. Right. And so that's where I'm thinking like, okay, if things do, if things do tank, right. And if you look at our portfolio, it's like, I think we have 18 different investments right now. Mm -hmm. um, now 18 different kind of deployment operators and some of them have multiple investments. Right. But, but they're all in assets that I feel like in a weaker economy in the next decade, right. Ray Dalio has got a great book about this, the changing mm -hmm. world order, talking about the cycles of the economy. And there's actually a YouTube video called How the Economy Works. Mm. It's an amazing YouTube video. It talks about the long-term and short-term debt cycles. And so in the current state of the economy right now, like, are you in assets that if times got tough, right, are they still going to flourish, mm -hmm. right? How are they going to do, right? And so it's interesting because even some, a lot of the investments that we have are, I would say a lot, like I would say like a quarter are in the top tier, meaning like, people that are ultra wealthy are only getting wealthier because they have their money in assets, yeah. hard assets. Mm -hmm. Their wealth is growing even though everyone else is struggling and the gap's widening. We know right. this, right? Yeah. But having money in assets and in, in businesses that those people buy from, to me, is safer. Yeah. Right? So there's a, there's a lot of different ways to well, look at it. Well, that's the thing is a lot of people are like, they say it as a bad thing of like, oh, the rich get richer. And it's like, no, the, the rich invest in smart places. Like Grant Cardone says all the time, uh, cash is trash, right? Like you should be trying to invest as much as possible, like in asset classes, as, as, as soon as you get money, like you should be investing money. Like it shouldn't be sitting in your bank account. I've always like loved that. He said that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know, I've edited one of his deals, two of his deals a couple of years ago. I didn't, didn't feel it was very good. No, I'm just saying I love that term, yeah. cash is trash. I'll tell you guys this right now. The interesting thing about investments is typically like the, the heavier they're marketed and the more yeah. like the, the the bigger they are. That's not the right word. The, the more they're marketed and the more like hype or advertising that is behind an investment, typically, typically the worse it is. Yeah. The more you want the unsexy available. ones, really. <laughs> And, and so, you know, like storage units and ATMs and like things like that. It's like really the unsexy things, not the ones that are like, this is going to make you a bazillion dollars, blah, yeah. blah. Like you want 10, 20%, like yeah. unsexy investments is like 
what you're after. Well, and and as as funds, um, so if we have fund syndications, mm -hmm. those are like the main kind of vehicles where an operator will create and raise capital. And those are, I've got deals that I've got a personal relationship with operator on the GP side, GP meaning general partner, like a part of like they, you operate and manage the investment. Mm -hmm. And then the LP side, which is a limited partner side, which is you're just, you just put money in and you get a return. The, the more commercialized an investment is and the more it's advertised and the bigger it grows, typically, typically the, the, the less savvy the investor is. And so the return profile is lower. Mm -hmm. So like that's the kind of dichotomy. And so that's where access and, and relationships and knowledge is important. And that's, and that's the kind of stuff that we're going to talk about at this event. How many deals like this do you think that you've looked at over the last like four years? Like how many deals do you think that you've vetted of people are like, this is an opportunity um, together with Jim? Yeah, w with the group, I would say... Probably like 50. Mm -hmm. Like, that a we're lot. actually like, this looks like an opportunity. Yeah. Like, we've probably vetted 50 and then pick like 17, 18. Yeah. I would say that's about where it's at. Mm -hmm. So, so this game of multiplying money is, and I'm going to end with this and we're going to roll into the next, the, the last bucket here. Mm -hmm. But when you think about what you invest in, in the multiplication, you've got to make sure that it's actually passive, right? Because, mm -hmm. like, wholesaling, wholesaling houses is a job. Yeah right? Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm going to fix and flip houses. That's not a passive investment. Yeah. That's a job. And neither is an Airbnb if you don't have someone like managing. Yeah. It. Like we, we have a portfolio of Airbnbs mm -hmm. because I found operators. I created systems, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like I didn't want to go with the management company because I know I could create a system that was better. Mm -hmm. And that's and what I did. hired the person. Yeah. So, so like just make sure when you say, okay, hey, like your time is always going to be best spent in your business. Mm -hmm. Your investment portfolio should be passive, right? Or maybe it's semi-passive in the beginning to get it set up and then it's rolling. Yeah, which is basically right? like our Airbnb. But just understand like just because it's a good investment, sometimes it's a job, right? Mm -hmm. And so unless you know how to how to leverage yourself out of that job and you're going to create a company doing it, like it's not passive, right? Right? And so that's a big thing. I think the the biggest mistakes that I see people make in this bucket is that they invest in things that aren't really passive. And then it starts to detract. Like I literally sold, sold the crypto that I had because I kept checking it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is distracting. Yeah, you were like me. refreshing on your phone. Like, yeah. every, like, like, five like minutes. a couple times a day, I'd be yeah. like, why am I thinking about this? Yeah. And you know, like just like in I've the got, back of your mind all the I've time. I've got way more deployed in other things that I don't think about. Mm -hmm. And like, it's, it's taking that mental energy. It's taxing me mentally. Yeah. And so I was like, I got to just sell it because of that reason, mm -hmm. right? And so, so there's a lot of dynamics at play, but making sure it's truly passive is a huge mistake that I see people make because then they get into this like side thing mm -hmm. and, the, and the amount of opportunity there versus their business is so much lower. Yeah. But because it's like passive or it's an investment or it's new and exciting, we get distracted, mm -hmm. right? So that, that's, that's a good point. That's a big one I see. Okay, what's the last bucket? So the last one is protecting yeah. what you keep. Mm -hmm. right? Protecting. So if yeah. you're going to multiply your money, you got to protect it. Protect and so, what you have. And so this is one where it's probably the least sexy thing ever, right? And this is yeah. where we get into like company structure, right? Like having a LLL. It might be the least sexy of these, but it's also, I think the most important because it can literally like burn you down in a second if you don't have these things in place. Yeah. Like it could have burnt us down like... <laughs> 10 different times. Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> here's a, a couple big thoughts on protecting wealth that I want you to think about, right? 
And these, most of these happen to be more kind of custom to your situation. There's not a one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And I promise you, whatever hype a law firm is selling you as a structure, <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, I've bought into a few of those, like, hey, let's let's do a C corp and then let's have a management company, which works in some cases, but let's loan money over here and avoid and take this corporate tax rate that's lower, kick the can. Like there's a strategy like that I did that I had to unwind. It was like, so so there's stuff that law firms will come up with that it sounds really good and and they'll help you set it up, but like it, it's gotta be custom, right? Mm -hmm. And this is kind of where, so here's the thought is, do you have a trust, right? Do you have a trust, a basic revocable trust? Because one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make is number one, they have too much money in their business. Mm -hmm. Your business and, and the cash in your business is exposed to the operational risk of your business. Yep. So if you have a health company mm -hmm. and you're selling people advice on how to work out. Mm -hmm. And one of your workouts puts someone in the hospital or so they claim, and then they sue your company, all the cash that you have in there is exposed. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's where, that, that's where if you have too much cash in your business, number one, it's exposed legally. And number two, it's not multiplying. Or a disgruntled employee. Right. So that's, or, that's a big thing. Yeah. The, the other thing is that the other mistake is having too much cash in your personal name. Mm-hmm versus having it in a trust or having it in a investment, right? Because mm -hmm. if you have too much cash in your personal name, God forbid you're driving around the corner mm -hmm. and some little kid runs out in front of your car. Why do I have to be a little kid? I know, it's Just terrible. let it be an adult on a bicycle okay, an or adult, something. Some dumb guy on a bicycle yeah. is not paying attention. Yeah. And like, you're not paying attention. Yeah. It's like, that's risk, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I have a fat umbrella policy, mm -hmm. right? Like if something like that happens to you personally, right? Or for some reason, sub, the, the, there's government, the, there's, there's business risk that does bleed over personally, like state sales tax and some other things like that, that will, will bleed through your entity to yourself personally. But there's insurance that you should have personally for yourself, mm -hmm. right? Not just health insurance and auto insurance and home insurance, yeah. but umbrella insurance, right? That's one that like, you've got to check that box. So do you have a trust, right? Do you have an umbrella insurance policy for yourself, right? Do you have, do you have a, a entity structure that's not just you owning an LLC that you run? Like that's a, that's a good start. It's better than being like a sole proprietor, but by now everybody, pretty much everybody knows you, you should have an LLC, right? Like, but what about an LLLP? You ever heard that one before? <laughs> right? A lot of L's. LLLP. Right? Yeah. What about a holding company, mm -hmm. right? Creating layers of protection in your, in your entity structure. What about what about stripping out the intellectual property of your business or having a separate management company, mm -hmm. right? And segmenting the functions of a business to better protect it if there's, if there's a lot of legal risk in your business, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things you can do from the corporate structure side, the personal liability, yeah, right? Having too much cash in your own name or your business's name. Mm -hmm. These are some of like the just basic, like biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make because they just don't know. Well, and this is like, this is where you talk about the law of the target too. We talk about the law of the target all the time because the bigger that you get, the bigger your business gets, the bigger the target on your back of people being like, oh, like a disgruntled employee, they have money, I'm gonna 
get it, right? Like, or a disgruntled customer of, oh, like something made me sick. I'm going to sue them for everything they have. Like the bigger the the target on your back, like the more liability you have of people just trying to like take money from you because they assume that you have all this money that they can get, you know? And so you have to build this. You always say like build the moat around yourself and your business. And the way that you do that, there's like, you know, 20 different things that you could do to protect yourself. Yeah. So, so it gets deep in the weeds, but like insurance personally for your business, entity, legal structure, a trust, right? Like if you don't have a trust, then your assets, if you, something was to happen to you and you want to pass them on to your kids, go through the government, go through probate, Mm -hmm. right? So, so some of these things are basic. Some people might have them, but there's, there's really levels of it. It's like, once you reach certain thresholds of income and, and net worth, the vehicles become greater. And so- And so this is just something to think about, right? If you've never thought about this before, or you're like, man, I need to know that. Or you're like, Hey, I'm before I was making a couple hundred grand a year. Mm -hmm. Right. And now I'm like, I've got a, and I was just spending it all. But now I'm like, I want to start multiplying my money, Mm -hmm. right? Like you have to get educated and you have to lay a foundation. And so I'm, I'm so pumped about this event because like I've spent probably, man, if I like did the math, like a thousand hours mm-hmm. deep in all of this over the last four or five years. Yeah. And I wasted so much money in taxes and missed opportunity, mm-hmm. opportunity cost, dumb investments. Like it's insane. And so I want to, I want to help break that for you guys. Yeah. So it's so, like that thousand hours that you spent and then all of yeah. Jim's knowledge and you two working together being like, if we were going to put you guys through a one day, like masterclass of everything you need to know yeah. and break down all the different things. Cause you are someone that has to be hands-on. You want to be like in control. You want to know every detail of everything. Yeah. Um, and so that's just how you operate and work. You know, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm just like, let me make help make decisions and like give a check or a yes or no on important stuff. But it's like, you don't have to be the one that's like overly in control, but you have to be educated and understand what options are and what the path is and what the full picture looks like, Yeah, you know, but you don't have to be the one that's you putting in a thousand hours if you're not that type of person, if you don't want that type of control. But it's like this event is going to educate you on all those things to where you can start having those conversations. You can say, okay, I understand why I should be doing this. Okay. I understand what the opportunities are. Okay. Here's the three out of the 10 Brandon talked about that I'm going to look into, you know, that I'm going to, you know, set up that I'm going to do. Right. And so it's like you taking all those hours, you and Jim, and he's been doing this for what, like 30 something years now. I don't know. He's like a dinosaur. Yeah. And he, he only works with entrepreneurs. And so he understands. He's going to love that. Yeah. (laughs) Don't call him a dinosaur. He's He's going to love that. He's like 21 at heart. But um, taking all that and diluting it down to where it's just like one day of like, here's the masterclass of everything that you need to know to where you can go make better decisions with your money. Absolutely. And it's just one of those things that it's the other half. Yeah. It's the other half. Like, mm-hmm. like creating, creating the revenue and the business is, is literally it's half. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And if you don't know the other half, mm-hmm. right, you don't have the luxury of hiring a full team to manage it. Like, Hey, it'd be great. Hey, if you sold your company for half a billion dollars and you <laughs> could just hire a family office, like that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But like I'm not at that level. Mm-hmm. And some people on this call are, are, are listening to this podcast. You're not on that level either. And so you've got to educate yourself on the other half of the game. Yeah. Right. Cause what you don't know can hurt you like absolutely can. Right. And so one of the things that we'll, we'll talk about in the event 
is the five levels of financial freedom, mm-hmm. right? And going from just security all the way to extravagance. Mm-hmm. And like, how much net worth do you actually have to have to live a lifestyle that you want and not work again? It's not yeah. as much as you'd think. It's not as much as you'd think. People, I think people, if they really understood, they'd be shocked at how much it really takes. Mm-hmm and the path to getting there. So yeah. And that's like one thing that we've been able to build over these last four years is that our, like our investments in passive income covers our lifestyle expenses for, for the year. So it's like, even if like we didn't work or do anything like our investments in our passive income would cover our entire expenses, like our home, our cars, our groceries, our travel, our everything without us working a day of the year, which it would be like, Amazing. That's like the goal is to help other entrepreneurs do that. If only I could actually not work. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I tried. I'm like, I get bored. But, yeah. but retirement's guys, not for yeah. you. But but guys, I hope you you took something away. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, you got inspired to be like, man, I need to educate myself on this, right? Mm-hmm. Like we were working with one of our our clients, our pinnacle clients yesterday. Mm-hmm. Got went from 350K to 800000 dollars a month in revenue. Like, boom, like. They're crushing it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, guys, we got to start having these conversations and shifting our mindset about money so that you don't make all the same dumb mistakes that I (laughs) make, right? And lose all the money that we did. Right? And like (laughs) how to not be emotional about money, Mm -hmm. but how to be practical and logical and know the right ways. And so, so I hope this got you turning in that direction. You right there. I hope this got you turning and thinking in the right direction. Yeah. And you're like, man, I got to reach out to some people or I need to understand this more or- or just, or just sign up for the event, yeah. right? Like hands down will be the best thousand dollars you've ever spent yeah. from like, pay me a dollar an hour, <laughs> right? My time is not, is not cheap, <laughs> but a dollar an hour is like, that's insane. But like thousand bucks, it's for a thousand hours worth of practical application and doing it and learning from an entrepreneur's perspective. I, guys, I have a GED, like yeah. Like some of the stuff I'm like trying to explain and I actually don't know the depth of how it all works. I don't remember it all. Like I learned it all as I went through it and I went, yeah. okay, these are the different things, but we're going to go through that. I'm going to break it down in a simple way. So grab your ticket to that guys. If you want to learn how to multiply, how to keep more of what you earn and how to protect what you have and then pass it down in your family. And that's mm-hmm. going to be a fun part as well that we've spent a lot of time. Yeah, you know, that we're doing right now like with we our did, kids. We did an episode with, uh, recently talking about our experience with the founder of Hobby Lobby, David Green. And then we we took that, applied it to our situation and created like this really cool structure. So so anyway, there's there's a lot to unpack and I'm sure we'll have more conversations And it's going to be fun because both of you guys are super fun. It's not like a dry event. Like you guys, both of you and, and Jim is super funny, super entertaining. He's like extroverted, awesome. It's not your typical like financial nerd guy. I mean, he is, but he's also very entertaining and uh, it's going to be fun. So it's not going to be a dry, dry of it for sure. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Hey, love it guys. Thanks so much for being with us today on the big business mistakes show. We've had a blast with y'all. Thanks again for like your, your listens, for your reviews, for your shares. Those of you guys have done that. We we sincerely appreciate it. Click that five-star review. It only takes two seconds. There you go. (laughs) Just, just knock it out. If you don't want to, don't do it. It's all good. It's all good. All love I here, want guys. You too. <laughs> awesome, guys. We'll see you next time and have a great day. Bye.